99 drinks still left to go Welcome all in and enjoy the show It's me though with E, I'm the host You know, so sit back, relax, grab a snack and let's go Welcome back to the 99 Dreams podcast, or if this is your first time listening, welcome in. We're glad to have you here. My name is Rawiri, and like I said, you found the 99 Dreams podcast. Now, I know I say this every week, like I'm so hyped to have this guest in, but I truly am. It's been, I think, about two years since we've caught up, so I'm really looking forward to this one. This is going to be a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we got like a few random things throughout this whole podcast it's going to be a bit weird so if you're listening you're going to miss out on some of the visuals of this but it's all good it's lots of fun so i'm going to throw it over to jade real quick what up jade how are you what up kia ora i'm jade uh i live in tauranga or mount monganoi more specifically um yeah just have beer Yeah, and so it's it's your Sunday. This is probably going to come out at five o'clock. We're recording this earlier in the morning, so Sunday sesh. We didn't get too lit last night on the Saturday, so let's no, start no. with a shot because it's been yeah. a while. Let, let's catch up properly. Hell yeah, I've already poured mine, but that's okay. That's okay. I'm pouring mine now. What do you? What do you? What do you? What's your shot? Oh shit, that's too much. Um, it's never too much. What are you talking about? Um. I'm drinking Sailor Jerry's because got to rep the spice rum. Love it. Nice. And I got a bit of Maker's Mark. I've been listening to a lot of country lately and, you know, they oh. make you think you can drink, like, whiskey straight, but you can't. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, whiskey on ice. Like, it's just psychopathic. What are you talking about? Like, no wonder they're depressed. Look at what they drink. Hey, but at least all these songs sound great. <laughs> that <laughs> is true. try and drink whiskey and write songs on the guitar. It's great. <laughs> That is true. That is true. Let me just put my beer a little bit away from the computer so I don't spill that on there. All right. Salute. Cheers. Woo. Oh. Oh, That's not too bad. That's not too bad. Oh, now I look like a little pussy. (laughs) Got so hydrated. Got so hydrated. Got to stay hydrated. It is, it is a Sunday morning. It is pretty early in the day. We've got a whole day ahead of us, so why not yeah. let's just rip into it. So how you been? What are you up to these days? Um, been pretty good. Uh, I'm studying my teaching diploma. I was doing the master's, but um, it just was too much, so I dropped it. But I'm doing postgrad diploma of teaching. Uh, secondary school PE, represent PE. Let's um, go. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a hectic year. It's been pretty crazy, but I actually finished today. My last handing was today, but I did it on Friday, so I'm done. Done. Congratulations, congratulations. Yeah, that's yeah. a huge achievement. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely harder than the undergrad. Like, and it's different. Um, Dunedin's just it's so good, and no matter how many people try and dog Dunedin as a uni, and you know all these rumors like the culture down in Dunedin for students and just. <laughs> okay. Um, all being in the same boat is just so good. And up here, it's just, it's so much harder to study when you're around as much as I love my family, being around family and stuff like that. It's definitely hard to concentrate, but I got there. 
No, nah, congratulations. I, I definitely can agree with you. It's so tough. Like, I'm still trying to work on my master's thesis at the moment. Yeah. I'm currently getting nowhere with it. I'm struggling because yeah. it's, it's just too hard. When you're at home, there's too many distractions and it's yeah, just too much going on. And I got the cootie now, so. Like yeah, so that's like pause just before that. You heard if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Music, or Google, wherever you're listening, the video will show that the dog just jumped up on the, on the bed. So that's why there was that slight pause. Yeah, she's now going to feature. So this is Miko. Uh, she's does she have an up. Instagram? We'll drop it no, down below. She doesn't, but I don't think I don't think she'd need the fame, you know. I think it'd just go to her head. She's already a bit of a queen in this house, so yeah, I just don't think she needs the fame. You've been demoted. Yeah, I have. I was never the queen, but she's... <laughs> maybe the princess. <laughs> I, I definitely think so. But hey, <laughs> it's true. It's quite true. So, what's been like the transition from? university in otago being like to moving back home and then jumping back into study because you took a gap year yeah took a gap year um it's just i guess like that feeling of you know you've studied for so long and you've been working your brain for so long that i think i just needed that little break and to like clear my head and i guess like try and go out and find a job within the pe sector but um it's all that you apply for jobs and they're like, oh, we really like your, you know, credentials, but we just see that you don't have much experience in this area. And I'm just like, oh. So it's, that was hard. Um, and then it just ended up rocking hospitality for a year, which um, if anyone knows me, they know my personality and hospo is just like perfect for me because yeah. you'll hear on this podcast, I have verbal diarrhea. So no matter who it is, I will talk and talk and talk. So yeah, I just worked hospitality last year and then, yeah, started studying again. I, I'm, i like, so pro gap year. I took two after high school and loved it. And then it's just really nice to just, like, clear your head and start a clean slate with study because you don't really want to go from burnt out to burnt out and then not put as much as you want into something. And especially with teaching, like, I've always wanted to be a teacher, so like going into something that I've always wanted to do burnt out is just it it wouldn't fulfill me I guess as much and I'd always be kind of resenting the fact that I didn't have that break like there's always summer break and stuff but like realistically it's not enough I guess I don't know yeah no you're right I like I feel it too um I went from pushing myself to get into honours through undergrad in that final year. Then I did an internship and then I did honours and then I did another yeah. internship. Now I'm doing masters and I just, you get that fatigue. So it's real yeah. tough. And I 100% agree. Like take a gap year if you don't feel it. Yeah. Like I honestly would recommend, and I do even in my placements this year, like I've recommended to year 13s, like if you are not a hundred percent confident of what you want to do when you finish school, just take a gap year. There's no, like I think in schools there's this like, weird opinion about people who take gap years are never going to go anywhere or they're never going to go back to study or they're just going to be in this like low income job which is like not an issue like I know people who start you know you start from the bottom and you work your way up like but I am such an advocate for gap years like just it doesn't matter like it's a year you if you want to do it you're gonna do it like 
it's that whole if you want to be a doctor you're going to be a doctor it's that want yeah but yeah yeah like i'm just yeah a big advocate for it like, that's why i dropped the masters because i was like if anyone can come back to study it's me i've taken three gap years across like <laughs> eight years so you know but and that is hugely important like if you're not committed to it but someone else wants you to do it because it looks good i don't think you should do it it's a waste of money even if you yeah. do get fees free first year yeah, don't me. use it love it <laughs> it was so good yeah and and that's the thing like I think the biggest thing for me that I've learned over the years is no matter how many other people are saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. If your heart or even your head, if neither of them are in it, what's the point in doing it? Because it's like, and this might be bad advice, but like, it, if you're not fully in it, like you're not going to give a hundred percent and it's like the effort that you put in and the growth that you get from it will reflect the results and it will reflect how successful or how unsuccessful you will be because if your head or heart's not in it, then, you know? Oh, 100%. I feel like that's great advice for anything in life, though, whether yeah. it's going to university, it's a job that you're currently in, your relationship that you're in. That's advice that's yeah. universal everywhere. If you're yeah. just not in it, you're not going to give 100% to anything you do and you're just never going to be satisfied. Yeah, exactly. And that and that's the hardest thing is like the satisfaction of it all. If you're fin if you're finishing the year resenting the fact that you did it, then realistically you're not gonna move ahead. Hard out. Yeah. So with your gap years, what did you do? Um, my first two years I traveled because it was pre COVID, so you know, it was like an open world, it was great. Um Back in the day. Back in the back in the old days. Back in um, my day. Yeah, but it felt like that back in my day. Um, and I did Camp America my first year. So I then that kind of instilled that teaching thing. Like I loved being around um, young people and being able, even though I was 18, like I don't know how much experience I realistically could give to a five-year-old, <laughs> but um, it was awesome. And it was like all planned and, you know, everything was set out for you. So as a fresh kid who's never left New Zealand, like, it was kind of perfect. Um, word of advice, don't stay in New York is the first time you've ever left anywhere because New York is hectic and it's scary. And I stayed in my hotel <laughs> five days because I didn't want to leave. So maybe don't do that. Shit. Yeah, it was it was so overwhelming. I, was, I got hollered at by some kids and I was like, oh. <laughs> it was so scary. Um, yeah, did that. And then um, I have dual citizenship in the UK, born in the UK. So um my second gap year I went over there and worked over there for six months which was amazing loved it did the old euro trip and you know um <laughs> did all that you got to explain that for those who oh, aren't yeah, watching sorry. on YouTube um you know got all the partying and drinking and not really out of my system because I decided to move to Dunedin so it's <laughs> <laughs> didn't really work out for me but um just rolled into the next one yeah honestly four-year bender no just kidding um but yeah so did that and then did did uni for three years and loved that best three years of my life so far um and then finished and then yeah just worked hospo last year and loved it kind of got back into you know i've i've grown up in tauranga so coming back here and getting back in amongst like the locals and seeing old faces was really cool and yeah this year it's started teaching so well 
learning how to teach, I guess, not really teaching, but yeah. No, that's dope. How did yeah. you get into Camp America? Like, what made you want to go there? I don't, I don't really know. Like, I just think, I think I talked to a few people, like, way older than me who said they'd done it, and it just kind of looked fun. Like, having knowing that you were never going to have a winter, you were going from summer to summer, I was like, ha, huh, crushed it. <laughs> um, and then, I guess because it was all pre-planned, like, you, if you've not me and you do it properly when you fly out to the States, like Camp America will pick you up and like take you to your summer camp. So what it is, is basically there's like thousands of summer camps, you know, like Camp Rock is basically a summer camp um, all over America and they're all different. So I had an underprivileged um, camp that was run by the Salvation Army. And I had a lot of kids that were coming from Philadelphia and for the lack of a better term, the hood. Um, And they like a lot of them were coming for a week and they'd have a backpack with like one pair of shorts, a shirt and some undies and like that's all they got. And so um, it was quite cool to be able to like provide them with, you know, sleeping stuff and warmer clothes and half of them had never touched grass with their bare feet, which was crazy for me because I didn't grow up wearing shoes. You know, you walk around the supermarket and bare feet and like you go everywhere in bare feet and it's, to you it's normal to them it's gross and dangerous because in their neighborhoods it's like you know you could be standing on anything um by anything i mean like needles and you know stuff like that so um yeah but i i don't really know why i did camp america it just seemed kind of cool so i was like oh yeah apply for it and then you have to go through all these interviews and um you have to create a video and a lot and one of their criteria was like, don't put party in the USA on this. We've seen it a million times. And I was like, damn it. Like, that was going <laughs> too. Like, oh. But um, yeah, and then you can choose what you want to do. So I was the athletics director. So I just basically ran the sports program. Um, had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll teach you touch and I'll teach you rugby. And then it just turned into American football. And I was like, you guys are teaching me at this point. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I got schooled by six-year-olds playing basketball. It was honestly, it was supposed to be the moment of my life. But then after a while, I got better. Um, but yeah, it's just a cool experience. And you get to meet so many people. Like I, when I lived in the UK, I stayed with friends that I met in at Camp America. And then same here, they've come to New Zealand and stayed with me. So like you just make connections and it's such a cool thing, especially in a global sense like having those friends all around the world it's amazing and it's mean yeah uh, what, what what would you say is one of the biggest lessons or takeaways you took from your time there um just how like safe our country is like and maybe that's just because like where i'm from it's quite sheltered but even just like meeting kids who are like four or five years old that have you know, never touched grass with their bare feet and things like that. It kind of made me appreciate um, here way more, way more. And also being able, like, I think the biggest lesson as well is like, I didn't know New Zealand as well as I thought I did. And like, um, we had another guy that was there and he was Māori and it was so cool. Like, he would like always have the guitar, like singing waiters around the camp and like, 
he performed a haka on the last day and I actually felt really ashamed because I was like I can't get up and perform this haka with him like I can't go around the camp singing these wyatas because I don't know the lyrics like there are a couple of songs like Fakari and Mai that we used to sing at night time which is really sad because it's usually depressing as fuck but like it was a Christian camp so you know they all sing that song in English so we sang it in Maori and like that was the only one that I knew because I had learned it over the like you know school and all that kind of stuff and in church so yeah I think the biggest lesson I learned was like you don't know as much as you think you do and you think you're super proud of your of your country and your culture and Maori culture and this and that and you think you know everything and then kids ask you like how do you say this in today and marry as they say and I'm like I don't know but I can recite kamate for you <laughs> like and they have no idea what you're saying but like I couldn't even say like hi my name's Jade or like how are you in Maori and I thought oh yeah like piece of cake so yeah I think the biggest lesson I learned was like you really have no idea That's interesting, yeah. though. Um, also, shout out to all the Māori that can sing and play guitar. I'm not oh, one of them. But just, and they all sound great. Like, I just sit there and I was like, this is, like, <coughs> I have to work really hard. <laughs> like, you guys just natural at it. I'm like, I can't yeah. play guitar. <laughs> it sucks. I've, I've got, like, none of those cool aspects. Yeah. I've just got the hey, somewhat comedy. Got- yeah, that's a cool. We've got the comedy and the big nose. Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, sorry, no, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? But we're slowly working on the reclamation of my deal, which is great. Yeah, yeah, I'm slowly, slowly working on it. We have to learn it for teaching, and it's it's amazing, but it's so hard alongside all the content. Um, yeah. But shout out to the Maori lecturers at Waikato, like Michaela and Watini, like they are just amazing. And they're so helpful. They're just legends. So shout out to them. They probably won't be watching, but shout out to them. <laughs> they might. You just got to promote this. Yeah. When it comes yeah. out, just promote the shit out of it. If you're ever looking for uh, a real Maori course, I highly recommend if they've got anything to do with Te Aparangi, which is yeah. the method that they teach with um, little koizuneer rods. Um, oh, yeah. I can't grab mine because they're too far away. That's the best. That's the best way to learn because it's practical. Mm. Um, that's how yeah. I'm learning at the moment. So, hundred percent. If you've ever got the opportunity to learn Tao Tarangi style, yeah, and listen to my FM because, like, they always have little mini phrases like spotted in there, and I use them in class. Like, cut a few of which means send it, and I always say that in my class. <laughs> and the kids are like, "What'd you say?" I was like, oh, "I'm saying send it." Did you not tell by my enthusiasm? <laughs> Just go hard. Yeah. So, it's quite cool. <laughs> so, I guess the next segue will be, why don't you tell us a bit more about your life at uni from, like, first year all the way until you finish? And how was it? Um, Overall, amazing obviously there's little snippets where you have little breakdowns and i remember one time i broke down the library and i had to leave because i don't want people to be crying um but that's okay i first year was great i think um 
because I didn't go into halls. I went straight into flatting because um, I thought, oh, I'm 20, so I'm way older than everybody else. Get out of here. Um, but I went straight into flatting, which was really cool because I was flatting with second and third years. So um, they had already kind of like navigated Dunedin and it was really helpful for me because obviously I'd, I'd never been to the South Island, let alone, you know, Dunedin. So um and my best mate was already down there and she'd already finished her first year in PE. So um, having that and then I was just so ready to learn. And I think that's what the gap years did. Like I was so ready to learn. Um, love first year. If anyone's thinking of doing sport and rec, please go down to Dunedin and take sport and rec. The facilities are so good. I don't know what it's like now since I've been like two years out, but um, when I was there, it was so good. Um, and the just like I think people looked at PE and was like oh they're a bit you know like culty but we all knew each other I knew people in like first second and third year I could probably name most of the people in my cohort like and I also did a minor in history and I couldn't tell you one single person that was in history I did and I had group projects in history and I can't remember any of them um but yeah, first year was great. And then second year kind of started to establish what I wanted to do. Um, my minor was like not in my mind. I was just like, oh, I have to do another subject for teaching, but I'll just think about that later. Um, second year was cool um, and joined Pema, which was amazing. Um, shout out to Pema. Yeah. Um, He's in the house. Which was so cool for me because it was actually such a big passion of mine um, leaving uh America and being like I have no idea like about this culture so learning it in my second gap year and making sure when people ask me I you know knew a few phrases and things like that made me sound like I knew what I was doing um so second year was great being in Pema and having that as well as a support group like that's another thing especially I would recommend is joining a group or trying to get on a committee or something that you're passionate about because like I think everyone in uni, they're, you're all in the same boat. You're all stressed out about assignments or exams or, you know, there's always one lecturer that you love and one lecturer that you, you know, don't connect with. Um, so you're always going to have those same people that, like, connect with you. And it's so good. And so second year was kind of like establishing my friend group and, and the cohort and, um, you know, getting to know where my passions were and my paths and then, Third year was just a bit of a blur, to be quite honest, because it was like, I guess, like the struggle between enjoying my last year of uni, enjoying time with my friends, because, you know, after uni, everyone kind of does their own thing and all that. And then also being like, I need to pass. Like, I, and this isn't saying I had bad grades, because I didn't, I didn't have amazing grades, but I was, you know, just going through. But <laughs> like, it was a struggle between like, do I spend most of my time in the library getting stuff done or do I go out for dinner or a few drinks with my mates and not, you know, and make sure that I spend all my time with my friends because I'm not going to see them much next year. So it was a bit of a struggle, but I'm pretty good at balancing my life. I'd, I'd like to say probably actually not <laughs> reflection. Um, yeah. Third year was definitely I guess the best and worst year because you kind of knew that it was ending, but you knew that it was ending. So it was kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. I, that's just my, how you, and then post-grad has just been a complete flip. Like 
I went into it being like super excited and optimistic and now I'm just like oh my gosh thank god this is over um I've met it's really funny all of us fetters actually like joined up and we made our little group and we just like stuck together the whole year um which was awesome but it's opened my eyes a lot to like the current climate in schools and just how much they lack um what are you up to <laughs> she's nesting i don't really know why she's yeah are you okay uh, anyway, <laughs> sorry sorry everyone my dog's just being a bit of a, i don't know anyway, it's all good um yeah it's kind of opened my eyes to the lack of um maori like tiao maori that's in school at the moment and a lot of it is still like tokenistic a lot of it's still ticking boxes of yep doing this doing this done 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 um but there's actually not that much understanding especially from a lot of experienced teachers and i'm not meaning to like dog these teachers because they're great teachers but just i guess coming from a student point of view when you're observing so much and you're like noticing every little detail it's like yeah i think that's been a big wake-up call this year as well especially like studying um but yeah this year has just been basically study it's been no play <laughs> but sometimes you just gotta knuckle down you spend so oh, much yeah. years playing down dunedin oh yeah like definitely dunedin is a balance of um play and study but sometimes if you don't balance it right, it just becomes too overwhelming. If you party too much, oh, then yeah. you don't pass. It's just the... Oh, yeah. And, like, you know, there'd be some people like, oh, I got a really bad grade. I'm like, dude, you were at pint night two nights ago. Like, yeah. I don't really know why you're expecting, like, an A in this. If you And and some people could do it. Like, that's not saying that some people can actually do it. But some people are really smart and just know what to write. But... I'm not one of those people. I'm like a hundred words a day and then I'm gone. Like, yep. you know, starting my assignment two weeks early just so I don't have to like stress about, but I think that's where the balance comes in. Right. It's like, if you can plan your assignments and just do little parts of it a day, you can do whatever you want after five o'clock and, you know, treat it as like a nine to five. A hundred percent. Cause like me, I was, the night before, two nights before, no sleep, barely handing it in on time. Me out. <laughs> it is not fun. I hardly, like, it's not recommended. But yeah. that's why I think I spent the first couple of years getting C's and sometimes fails. Yeah, like I would get secondhand stress from people who are like, oh, I haven't started. And I'm like, oh, and it's like a week out <laughs> from the assignment. And I'm like, wait, why am I stressed out for you? But it, I would, I'd be like, and I'd be that kid that in school was like, ah, I did my I finished. And it's like, do like, because in high school, I was like doing my homework that morning that was supposed to be in for class. Like, and then I, I think I flipped at uni because I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm spending a lot of money here. Like, that's a big drive. It's like, you know, because I don't, it's not like I, gr I didn't grow up having money. Like I grew up being like, okay, I really need to think about how I'm spending this because this is all I get, you know, or this is all we have. So when it came to spending 40 grand on a degree, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get my money's worth. Like I need to come out of this being proud of the fact that I've just spent 40 grand on a piece of paper. Hard out. I wish I had that mindset going in. I wish <laughs> I thought about like how much money I was spending on this shit. Cause maybe yeah. just maybe I would have finished in 2018 and not 2019. 
Yeah, but then we would have never hung out. So That's know. true. Uh, how good was Pema second semester 2019? Uh, that was when we did the study retreat, eh? Yeah. That honestly was probably one of the best weekends ever. And like the Nohors, all that, like, oh. Vibes were high that year, I reckon. Vibes were definitely high that year. And I think as well, like, we just had a really good bunch of people. And, like, I knew that you didn't, you were just like, I'm not going to be in Pima this year. I've, you know, I've got too much work to do. And then by the end of it, you were, like, the one organizing everything. So, thank you. I tried to leave so much. <laughs> I tried to leave, like, four times. And we were like, Rowdy, like, come on, I need your help. But I guess it worked out perfectly because then we wrote to Kohirangi back in. And, yeah. Um, you can never leave. Yeah. You can never you leave. really can't. Unless you leave that damn city, you're oh, always yeah. sort of in the background. But even then, like, I'm still on, like, Pema Instagram being like, oh, what are they doing? Like, I'm like that creep that's just, like, watching people's every move. Like, it's just on my laptop being like... <laughs> I mean, I was at the AGM this year, so I can't talk shit either. <laughs> you don't even live in Dunedin! Nah, I zoomed in. I was there. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that is true. Once Pema, always Pema. You can't Honestly. leave. Take the person out of Pema, but you can't take Pema out of prison. hundred percent. Yeah. It's, it's one a... shot and I'm already sounding drunk. Jesus. Have another one? No. <laughs> Lucy Lightweight here. I'll be on the floor by the end of the podcast. That's okay. We're halfway through. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So what's what's in the future for you? What are you, what are you up to next? Uh, I'm hopefully going to be full-time teaching next year. Um, I've applied but it's just kind of that waiting game and I think that's the hardest thing is like when you want something so much and there's like a specific school in Tauranga that um I have my placement at and I'm just like I even I messaged my friend and I was like a job came up there and I was like how do I message uh, like how do I write in my cover letter I really fucking want this job without actually writing that you know because I, I and it just it was such a cool school and um I coached it this year as well so have a little bit of a one-up on other people so fingers crossed i get it but yeah future plans is just going full teaching full send it into teaching um nice yeah it's just yeah like that's that's like literally the only plan i have is just to get this career on its way um because i just want to do it now finish study yeah. i want to do it just start doing shit that you want to do. Yeah. 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 Why teaching? Oh, really? You got to ask me that? Um, for the salary? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what salary? If anyone is doing teaching for the salary, you have a big storm coming for you because it is not great. Um, I don't know. I just, I think it's always been like, this is, this sounds super nerdy and super geeky, but just, I just love learning. Like I love being in like a learning environment and I love being able to like watch people learn. It sounds super creepy and it's not supposed to, like, but like just seeing people like click and like get something or like understand something that you're talking about. And as well, like, I think just being able to share passions and like, because teaching isn't just like teacher to student or like, you know, teacher versus student. It's a collaborative thing. Like you learn just as much from your students, if not more, than your students learn from you. And I just, 
I love the idea of being able to um, place place a seed, you know, sow a seed into into kids because you know you always remember you always remember your favorite teachers and you remember your least favorite teachers. Like teachers have a massive impact in your life, and this sounds really like self-absorbed, but I really wanted to be a part of that. I really wanted to be like, you know, you're talking to a student that you had 10 years ago and they're like, Hey miss, like, Oh, and you're like, you can call me Jade now. And they're like, nah, (laughs) that's me this year. Like I, I had a placement in my old school and I found it really, really hard to like call teachers by their first names. It was, it was like a big struggle. Cause I was just like, cause you have this weird, I, I remember in primary, like teachers were teachers. They lived at school. Like, you know yeah. they didn't have, you saw them outside of school and you were like wait like you hang on what but weren't you in room 32 like I'm <laughs> you know so yeah I just I wanted to be a part of that that growth and that development of of young people because there's there's a lot going on for younger generations at the moment a lot and I just did an assignment on teaching students grit and I actually like went round to like my parents and my grandparents and all that and I was like oh you know what do you what do you think of young people these days you know teenagers and they're like oh you know or they don't know what hard work looks like and all that kind of stuff and it just looks different like we face just different challenges and you know we face a lot different um issues um than they did and we're also like growing on issues that they faced and solving them you know like diversity and inclusion and things like that like we still have a long way to go don't get me wrong but yeah I think and I just young people fascinate me they like when I was 16 I thought I was God's gift to the world I (laughs) I got big storm coming for adulthood and it's just fun watching that like watching students just have no worry about outside things you know like well, some students do. Some students really do come from hard hardship, but yeah, just be, wanting to be a part of that growth and development of young people because they really need it. And would you say, like, well, obviously now schools aren't as labor intensive as they used to back in, you know, parents, grandparents' days. Everything's more accessible now, but because everything's more accessible, technology means that kids are placed in scrutiny more often now oh yeah it's true oh yeah like before before you know computers even like my last year of school there was a couple kids that had laptops and we were like oh damn like your family is rich like oh you know but now it's like there's only a few students that don't have laptops and it's kind of the opposite and it really it's kind of um highlighted equity um in classrooms and some schools are really good they just offer laptops to those who you know don't have them at home and can't afford them but it's also like what are those students supposed to do when they bring their laptop home and they've got no internet yeah so i think covid really highlighted that as well um with the technology and things like that and some teachers are really into technology and some teachers really aren't so you just I guess it just depends on the school and um what they do to I guess like fight back at the equity and stuff but 
yeah, technology in schools, it's a, it's a really hard one because there's so many benefits to it because of that accessibility issue in the classroom. But, like, even if you look, literacy and um, numeracy has just declined because, you know, you got autocorrect now and spell check and, you know, Grammarly, which saved my life this year, to be quite honest. But, like, students, they really don't know how to how to write a paragraph. But you're still teaching year 12s and 13s, you know, how to write a paragraph. That's like, you know, you should already know how to be doing this. But yeah, I think I think it's really hard when you, I think I'm on the fence about technology because in some respects it's amazing and the resources that you get out of it as a teacher is great. But um, it does highlight a lot of equity imbalances for kids. And I think it's really isolating for those kids who um, can't afford the laptop or um, don't have the access at home and, and things like that because they're the ones coming to you after class being like, Miss, I didn't do my homework because I couldn't. You know, or we only have one computer at home and there's eight of us at home that need it. So I didn't get it done last night. And you kind of have to allow the flexibility, but it's like those students who are like doing their homework because they've got all the access at home and they're like, well, you gave them an extension. Me, me, me. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is hard. I guess it really does highlight how, yeah, different demographics have it. Yeah, yeah, especially in public schools. Private schools, not so much. Well, I actually, I wouldn't know. I haven't really been in a private school this year, but um, I'm imagining probably not so much in a private school compared to public. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, technology is a hard one. Yeah, and I... I do agree. Um, literacy skills suck. I was marking. I'm gonna fucking say it anyway. I don't care. I was marking some university papers at 200 level this year. I'm like, who taught this kid how to write? Yeah. Is this like a run-on sentence? Yeah. It's just like this yeah. paragraph sucks. This doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's like you've written a whole paragraph with no full stops or commas. It's like you gotta do this in one breath. I'm gonna faint. I'm going to pass out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who taught you? Yeah. Yourself? But then, you know, I kind of got to remember that they went through two years of learning from home or whether or not they did learn from home. Yeah. Yeah, COVID um, what... was definitely a rough one for students. Yeah. Because, I mean, sometimes I struggle working from home, so I could only imagine what it's like for, a, you know, a high school kid who's close to going into university. They're probably the oldest child at home, so they have to take care of their younger siblings. So Yeah. Yeah. And it's, Must have been it, hard. I mean, I struggled working from home and last year at uni when COVID hit, like online lectures and stuff. I remember like I used to go to every lecture. I was that kid. I was like every single lecture I would go to because like I learn in person. I don't learn online. And it was so true. Like I was saying this just to have an excuse of being <laughs> a nerd. But like as soon as it went online, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is actually really, really hard. And I think people use that excuse of, like, oh, well, teenagers are on their phones all the time and they're always on their laptops, so it shouldn't be hard for them. But it's, like, that that connection with the, like, physical environment. Like, I've, like, I've got a fridge down there. I've got my bed here. I don't want to be – I'm just going to be, like, oh, oh, hang on. I just got to go get some food. And I'll be, like, spending an hour cooking lunch. You know? They'll be, oh, I'm hungry. i got to – 
and that that happens like every 20 minutes oh i, I gotta go get my drink or oh, i gotta go do this or oh, i need to go hang out the washing and you you can't concentrate some people can and that's great and i applaud you because that ain't me but you know like it is it is really hard working online like even this year we had to learn or this semester we had to learn today online because it went first semester we were in person and then second semester we went online don't know why um and it was so much harder because you didn't have that like if you were listening to a recorded lecture you couldn't sit there and be like oh actually can i just ask you something to clarify something or you know it is like it's a struggle online is a struggle and i get why university students are struggling with it and high school students i don't know what it's like for primary or intermediate but i imagine kind of similar issues come up yeah well because i think school takes care of a lot of pastoral stuff like in person yeah whereas when you're online as soon as it lessens over you just can click off and that's it that's done then like some I think like it also depends on the specific teacher because I know like some teachers that I had were constantly checking up you know like emailing and or even texting like um one of my mental teachers at school had a lot of the students phone numbers who she knew I guess had issues outside of school so she would and and some there's a line that um they say teachers shouldn't have students' cell phone numbers, but if it's for um, welfare issues and things like that, I think it is really important to have that direct contact with the student just to be able to literally check up on them. I think that is actually a fair, even if you want to have two phones and you have a business phone and a you know personal phone, but yeah, yeah, the equity and the pastoral is definitely something that's super important um that schools have face to face and and like person that in online it just doesn't show up as much yeah, yeah. like teaching and learning online is so hard uh yeah. i was a teaching assistant for amj's paper last year alongside tash yeah and learning and teaching online is so hard but um what AMJ did so well was Tasha and I, we were tasked with catching up with every Fano group mm. uh, at least four times over lockdown. We just had yeah. to do check-ins. It was it was class as a part of an assignment, but it was more so just for their well-being and their mental yeah. health, just to make sure that they're doing all right, um, yeah. that we can keep in touch with them and see where they're at. Because, yeah, like you say, in person, you can do that shit after class, and you don't have to worry too much about all the students in person. Oh, yeah. You know, if they come into class, then you know that they're, they're there. And it's casual Whereas, as well. Like, it, it's like, it doesn't feel as like a formal check up. Like, how are you doing? Like, it's just more like, how's it going? Like, you guys doing all good? Yeah. Like, oh, how you been? How was your game of the weekend? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Makes such a difference. AMJ is just a legend anyway. Like, I miss her. <laughs> I miss her as a lecturer. She She's amazing. Me. She's always been amazing. Well, why don't you tell us a bit more about your experience in her paper? Was it 320 or was it 206 by the time you got there? Uh, uh, it was 206 and then um, 306 with Liz was with Chanel. Yeah. So, How did you find those papers? Like, and I'm not saying this because 
I'm not saying this because I love them and I love who they are, but <laughs> hands down best papers at uni. And like, I work really well with other people and I like that collaboration. So having those whānau groups and like, I didn't have a dud whānau group either year. So, you know, I never had any problems. So I pro- that's probably why it made my experience. And as well as having the connection to Pema, it probably made my experience a lot better as well. But um, it was just so good. And I think I probably did the most readings I'd ever done. <laughs> like, because we had to, but also because I like, they were good readings. Like, you know, sometimes you get boring ones and like things that have way too much academic language. And you're like, I, this is another language. I can't, I have no idea what I'm reading. Yeah. But, like, I think like, like AMJ and, and Chanel both had a really amazing way of being passionate, but not overbearing. Like they were just like, you just sat there in lectures and then you look down, you're like, oh my God, I'm not typing. Like I'm just like, and you just sit there and you're just listening and you're watching and it's just so cool. And it again, like it's that collaboration with the students, like rather than just like lecturing, like sit, coming to class, sitting down, watching, listening and leaving. Like it was, they knew every single person in their class and they, they made really sure do. that you knew that they knew who you were. Like, and I think I probably went the most, you know, how like lecturers, like my office hours come see me, like all that. Like I was, I was in their office, like most weeks. Did you actually go to office hours? hundred <laughs> percent. Because if you, like, that's how like much, I, and I didn't even get, oh, actually, no, I think they were the only papers that I ever got like an AM because like, I just really like tried, Same. but like, yeah, I think. And also, especially going into teaching, I had quite a good, like, foundational knowledge of te ao Māori. And um, one of the big things we did at the studio was, like, kōwai, norwai. And I still have my mihi from, like, when Chanel helped me with it and AMJ helped me with it because I think being Pākehā and being, you know, non-Māori, it is really hard because you don't want to stand on anyone's toes. You don't want to say the wrong thing. You don't want to feel like you're offending anyone with a mihi because like it is such an important part of your identity. And I think like being able to word it in ways that you don't say it's mine, like as a mm. Pākehā, like Mount Monganui is not mine. Like I'm not part of any of the iwis around here, any of the hapus, but like I see Maoao as like, the mountain that I connect with the most, but I don't want to say, like, Komawao Tamonga, because it's not mine. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that was real cool, like, understanding your own identity as a Pākehā in a Te Ao Māori paper was, like, really interesting to me because I didn't, I thought that I would walk in there and feel and walk out feeling like like unwanted or like that I was intruding but it was almost the opposite like it was just like no you're here to learn and you're here to like be immersive in this and you're here to grow you're not here to like 
he said he said she said and it and it was like it was really confronting a lot of the times like I just sat there and like I'd grown up with the whole like oh that wasn't me that was people before me I, I didn't do any of that and then coming out I was like oh my god like I, I am a part of that like I am like I was like oh my gosh like I've got so much more to grow and they didn't make you feel oh they just they just wanted you to learn and they wanted you to understand and they wanted you to love like that was the coolest thing is they just wanted you to see everything how they saw it and you wanted to like and just having those practicals as well like the nohors and um like in third year was it third year? Yeah. And last year we had to make this video. I don't know. Do you guys remember doing that? And it was like, yeah. you had to do a video of like a Pudaka and you had to like act it out and like all that. And our group. Oh, I think I do remember yours. Yeah. We did um, the Hikoi from Wellington to Taranaki of, oh my gosh, this is so bad. And whoever's listening, I'm so sorry that I can't remember this Pudaka. And it was like a fuck papa of like the rivers and um, the rivers that are between Wellington and um, Taranaki. And we did this video and it was so like, it was great. But we, when we watched other people's, <laughs> other people's were really emotional and like heartfelt and like really creative. And ours was just like, we all dressed up and were just acting out the whole thing. And it, but like in a modern day era. So it was just, yeah but i still remember that like i remember things from their papers because it was so cool i feel like i've talked about their papers way too much but not enough it's great promotion for 206 and 306 for anybody at um university takes yeah. respects papers they're fun they're open to pretty much anyone the prerequisites yeah, cool are understanding the real Ma no thao maori i think for 306 for 206 yeah. i think it's all open because yeah. It's E for everyone. Yeah. And I think, I think like non-spec students should do it. Like non-spec students should, should definitely do it because it's not just like PE. It's not like sports, like Māori sports. You're not just playing Kia Orahi every day and understanding Kia Orahi, even though that would be amazing. Um, <laughs> but like it's understanding the stories and the whakapapa and, um, what well-being looks like as a whole and that should be in every profession like not just say health or you know med or teaching it should be in law it should be in the arts it should be everywhere because that's you know that's where we live 100%. and that's our issues these days is people's well-being is like you look at all the stats for mental health and it's just like oh we should be doing more but no one ever does it and like you said I feel like understanding Tao Māori and how the spiritual aspects of Tao Māori and Wairua oh, yeah. um, can influence your mental health is it's next level. Yeah. It's, yeah. And even if you're not at university, it's just great to learn about. Um, I'd highly recommend picking up uh, The Woven Universe by Reverend Māori Marsden. Ooh. It's a great book. It's hella expensive and hard to find, but it's a great <laughs> book if you can get your hands on it. Yeah, is it an ebook? Can you get it as an ebook? 
I'm not too sure. I do know it's one of the first readings that you have in 206. Mm. It's the one with the um, Rangi and Papapurako. Oh, I do know that one. I used it this year, actually. Yeah, and yeah. it's also got um, a few of the meanings around, like, tapu, noa, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Great book if you've ever got the chance, I think. Never mind, it's what's holding my camera up. It's super I was going to pull it out. It's super important for stability. Um. <laughs> but I do read it when the camera's not recording. Otherwise, like, if it's down here, then all you're getting is nicks. I love how you put a plural on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's why the camera's strategically placed there. Yeah, I have my camera just slightly up, so it looks like I'm skinny. Exactly. It's all about the angles. And until they meet you in real life, they're like, Ugh. I catfish. No, exactly. <laughs> I have this thing here on the show that I do every week, um, every episode really, where it was supposed to be a dream jar, but it's a dream box because I brought these sneakers and they're Trey Young sneakers, and on the box it says, "Always remember when they doubted you." Hell yeah! And so in here, I've got a whole bunch of people's um dreams that they've come on the show and shared with me and so what i do is i write them down on a piece of paper um my guests go on pink i go on greeny yellow one day that back wall or wherever i end up wherever this office ends up will have a board maybe even like an electronic board so that i can just upload people with their photos achieving their dreams and stuff like that and so yeah one day when people start achieving these dreams or I start achieving these dreams, we can put them up on the backboard and start sort of living out these dreams instead of just dreaming them. And this box is where dreams don't die. They just kind of get placed until we achieve them. So do you have any dreams that you'd like to achieve? My biggest dream, and this is like the most unrealistic, realistic dream that I've got for my entire life, is because I have a passion for the outdoors, outdoor education. I think it's the best. So my dream is to be able to open a um, completely non-profit outdoor education camp for kids for rangatahi that need it the most and that don't have the funds to go to these camps. That would be my, like biggest dream is to have a camp that is completely non-profit that's mean yeah it's a mean dream see my first one that i put down in this box is always hella embarrassing because everyone that's come on this show has like said something real wholesome real beautiful (laughs) my first one was like i want to i want to own a mclaren hell yeah but that's still a dream like like, I have so many dreams. Like, I have a dream to live on, like, a little plot of land and be self... What is it? Self... Sufficient? Yeah. Like, what do they call it? A lifestyle block. Like, that's another dream. All right, but, let's put that one down, too. But being a teacher... Is it realistic? Probably not. <laughs> I want to have, like, two sheep and a pig and a couple of cows and just, you know, like, have fun, but... Your dream can be anything. Like that, I think that's a cool thing with dreams is that, like, it can be 
a dream of owning something. It can be a dream of being someone, you know, like having, it could be a dream job. It could be a dream, I don't know. One day I wish that I could be a Kardashian, but I just didn't get given that, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, one of them is living this dream out at the moment. We've built a podcast. We're slowly trying to build a brand. So yeah. that's one of the things that's turning into reality. So when I get this board, that's going to be the first thing that goes up is this picture and uh, a picture of my brand logo. Because this is where it's all started. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. You just got to start it. You know? And that, I guess that's what we're talking about at the start of the podcast. You know? It's just like having having your heart and your head in something. Like, if you want it, you're going you're gonna to get it. Like, I think like my biggest thing that I say to students as well is because I had so many year 13 students being like miss like what do we have to do on health side next year in Otago what subjects do we need to take in year 13 like this this and this and I was like you're asking the wrong person also, <laughs> I did PE not health side yeah I was like uh, I only did hubs and even then it was the PE hubs but still loved it but um I said like if you don't get in first year health side like if you don't get into med that's fine because there's other pathways that you can take. If you want to be a doctor or in that profession, you're going to be in that profession. It just might look a little different. Yeah, it just takes a little bit longer, but you'll get there. I mean, my mate, he did pharmacy, and I think eventually he's going to go back and study to do med. And I've got a Tongan mate who took a break, and now he's in med, and he's working his way through that. And I've got yeah. a friend in Auckland who just finished med last year so he's like this is his first working year and he's in hospital he looks absolutely shattered i hope he's doing okay (laughs) just gonna check up on your well-being hope you're doing okay listening yeah then when he's ready jump on the podcast heck yeah like it's just about yeah just wanting it you want it you'll get it As, as simple as that sounds like if you want something you will get it and as corny as it is, The Rock says it in that song with Tech Nine. It's about drive. It's about power. We stay hungry. We devour. <laughs> well, I don't know who brought this guy on the podcast, but get out. you got to like, have um, knowledge from every aspect of, of the world to bring it in, to pull in, to, yeah. to draw upon. What an inspo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to eat as much as him, but you know. He is phenomenal, and he's in oh, great shape at the moment. Next level. I'd love to be able to just like run it straight at him and see how far I land. <laughs> I would though. Like it'd be like you just stand there. Oh, I'm gonna run it straight at you. You're not gonna feel a thing, but I just he's probably see how far too tall. Down. He probably can't get down that low to bunt you off. Oh, he just has to stand there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only five three, so. Honestly, it'll be just like, oh, that, that tickle. I feel like he's 6'1", six, 6'3". Six, Is he not even that tall? I thought he was like... I don't, I don't think so. I guess I don't he think always he's... stands next to Kevin Hart, so he looks a lot taller than he Because yeah. Kevin Hart's my size. We're both the same height. So every time I look at pictures together, I'm like, they just like picture me standing there. I'm like, aha, okay, cool, 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 cool. Well, that's not bad. At least you can get a size reference of how, like... Oh, yeah. Definitely not as funny or as cool as Kevin Hart, but at least we have something in common. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how this podcast got onto Kevin Hart. It, it, it takes a turn like that. I mean, uh, 
shit, me and Baxter, we ended up in a whole bunch of different places. We ended up talking about the Rugby League um, All-Star game that's coming up next year and all to do that we're both going to check out. I think Charles is flying up, uh, so we're just going to drive down to that. If you guys are keen, come through. We've already confirmed it. We're just trying to find tickets. I don't know anything about League except the Warriors, uh, you know. Nah, this is an All-Star, so it's the Indigenous Australians versus the Maori. That's sick. That's yeah, cool. so it'll be a wicked game. So they'll do their wall dance. We'll do a haka. And who cares about watching it? Yeah, you can just get drunk and have a good time. Oh, yeah. Don't, hey, don't tell me with a good time. <laughs> we can relive some of those Dunedin days. Oh, I don't know if we should. <laughs> what happens with Dunedin stays at Dunedin Rabbity? We don't need to talk about that. Especially the no. people. The, the some of those are tragic. Hey, I didn't even make it to. Oh, actually, I made it for like five minutes and then had to go home. Got taken home by Campus Watch, so. But you can edit that out. <laughs> That's staying in. Was oh. that the same one where we came down that steep ass hill? Yeah. Yeah. Who decided that was a good idea? Oh, I don't know, but it was all optimism until we made it to the club, and then it was all pessimism until I and woke up the next day. I didn't even pay for that one. I told them I'll pay them at the door, and. Jerry was with me and he was going to pay for his ticket at the door too. So he had his 20 bucks, I had my 20 bucks. I just walked straight in. They were like, oh, hey, nobody. I was like, yo, what up? I'm, go- I'm just going to go upstairs. And they're like, oh, yeah, all good. So I walk up and then Jerry got guilty and he paid them the money. And I just carried on walking straight past. I was like, fuck that. I ain't paying shit. I'm using this to go get me some drinks. Well, you've now recorded that all now. So if they needed to follow it up, they could. But what are they going to do? Their exec is run by someone else. So not even the same exec anymore. Oh, no, it'll be all new. Yeah, so if you want your money, fuck you. (laughs) Oh, God. One other thing I do on this show is I ask you if you could go back in town, let's go with 19-year-old Jade, a piece of advice from today, what would you tell her? Um, oh, hmm, just keep, just keep going, like, and also, like, don't let your doubts, like, cloud your judgment, because I think that's what, like, the worst things that have happened is because I don't, I don't trust myself enough that sometimes opportunities will arise and I'll, I'll have that imposter syndrome. Like even with this, like, when you messaged me, I was like, like literally the first thing I said was me. Like, really? Like, 100%. Yeah. And that's that imposter syndrome. Cause like the last people you had, like, Oh, who was it? Was it Takaurangi who did a 90 K bike ride? I was like, <laughs> and like sam who's like done his masters and he's like do, like doing all his rehab and all that stuff i'm like what i was like oh i'm just studying man i'm just living life i'm grinding but and and that i think that's what i would tell my 16 year old self is just like be proud of like how hard you work 100 percent. like be actually like be proud of yourself and like show off your talents because yeah like i think that that's just that imposter syndrome and that that anxiety of looking like a dick and i'm like i look like a dick anyway like i i am myself like i don't try to be anyone that i'm not so like at least if i'm looking like a dick i'm just being myself so if people don't like me i don't care 
but I think yeah at 19 I was so worried about like making sure I had a good you know having friends and doing this and now I'm like just live your life girl (laughs) just who cares like yeah so just don't don't be afraid to be yourself and and don't doubt your talents don't doubt your gifts because you just you know everyone's gifted in their own way everyone has talents and you know it's that whole like try when someone's like tell me three things about yourself that you like I'm like three (laughs) that's a lot but then they're about oh tell me three things you know that you know that you need to work on and I'm like three that's not enough but it's right. You, it's true, right? Like, yeah, you gotta kiss your own butt sometimes. You gotta like make yourself fly, but you're constantly like dragging yourself back because you're just like, oh, I don't want it. And that's that Kiwi, you know, New Zealand humbleness. But it's it's not. It's not being humble. It's just doubting yourself. So, mm-hmm. long story short, I just tell myself not to doubt my own gifts and not to doubt my own talents. <laughs> hundred percent we are our own worst enemies really we doubt yeah. ourselves way too much it sounds corny it sounds so cheesy being like we're our own worst enemy and my mom says it to me all the time and i'm just like oh, shut up mom no i don't <laughs> say that to my mom i'm just like oh yeah you know yeah i i understand you in my head i'm like shush but <laughs> i promise i love my mom i'm sorry um but it is like as corny as it sounds like you are your own worst enemy like what's the worst people are going to say to you no yeah, 100%. What, you look dumb? But, oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks for the update. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. Like, I am. Like, yeah. No, 100%. I, I have to agree with that. That's some great advice. Uh, yeah. We are our own worst enemies. I'm my own biggest critic. Yeah. But I've gotten over that now because I'm like, fuck it. Let's just upload these videos anyway. I don't care if no one likes yeah. it. Yeah, who cares? No one watched it, no one watched it. But people will watch uh, it, I've been watching. I um, can't wait for David's. Oh, shout out to David, my love. Mwah. His? Wow. Because we're recording this on Sunday, so his one comes out tonight at five five o'clock this Sunday. Oh, yeah. Well, last Sunday, because this is coming out this Sunday at five o'clock by the time you're listening to this. Okay. It's quite confusing, because there's yeah, so many is. different time you, paradoxes. Yeah. His is, his is going to be great. It I'm is so great. The cowbell. I can't. If that features, I'm going to be stoked. <laughs> it features more than once. Oh, no. <laughs> One more thing before I do wrap this up and let you go is in five to 10 years, if you look back on this podcast, is there something you today would like to tell yourself in the future? Um. Or ask yourself. Do you still have that same energetic passion as you do right now? Because I think for teaching, because I think that's the biggest thing for teachers is they burn out and they lose the reason that they did it. So in five or 10 years time, I hope that I can ask myself and tell myself, yes, but ask myself, hey, like, do you remember what this feeling was like of being like, I'm going to go in there and I'm going to do all these things and I'm going to make sure that this is happening and la la la. Like, 
did you fall into the trap of just doing like recycling the same things that the teachers are doing that you know that are around you or did you try and actually make a change and be confident enough to try it so yeah I think I would ask myself like is that passion still there and if it's not reflect on that and ask yourself why that's beautiful yeah I'll write that we just had a lecture on it like last week so it's fresh <laughs> in my mind <laughs> but it's so true like, it's so true like, it you, will be like, so relevant you remember I hope you can say yes <laughs> yeah I, I hope when future you was watching this you say yes I hope I can say yes it's gonna be so weird I'm just like hi future me <laughs> imagine <laughs> Well, you just did it. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like, I'll just be sitting there like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'll be so embarrassed watching this back. Yeah, nah, I reckon you'll be sweet. You know, yeah. this has been fun. This has been great. It has. And for those who are watching, this has almost been a massive catch up for us as well. Yeah. Like I said at the start, it's been two years since we've yeah. seen or like talked this consistent. Yeah. And I, one thing I will say is for those that are finishing uni or graduating uni this year, don't feel guilty for not being able to talk to your friends for a long period of time. Cause I think yeah. that's the thing I struggled with last year is like, Oh, I haven't heard from such and such in such a long time, but it's like, you are really busy and you are doing stuff to create your life and just don't be upset if you can't reply straight away or, if people aren't replying to you straight away and you and you haven't connected with those people that you used to see every day. Like me and Rowdy used to go for like coconut hot chocolates, what up? And Let's union go. Group almost every day for just catching up with everyone. And yeah. we haven't seen each other and maybe spoken like what like four or five times in the last two years. Yeah. So yeah, don't feel guilty and because and, I did, I I still do a lot, but <laughs> Like, try not to because life is busy. And you said it the other day. You were like, you know, people just have crazy lives after uni. And yeah. that's just what happens. So, yeah. It happens. But you know it's a great relationship when you can just link up like this again. Oh, and it's like we were chatting yesterday. Yeah. 100%. Like, you just never get bored with your uni friends. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, you never do. Like, your uni friends are your uni friends for life. Like, and they're not even called uni friends anymore. They're just friends. Yeah. You'll go through so much shit with each other. That's why oh, yeah. I feel like there's so much give when you can't catch up. Because everyone's like, bro, I've been busy too. I've been meaning to catch up. Yeah. So it's, like, it goes both seen, ways. You've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Like, and, like, I cried in front of, like, I don't know, like 100 people at Northern Madai. And it was the most embarrassing moment of my life. But... I did. I, I did it every single time. Like the yeah. last Muhammad, I was like, don't cry. Like, you can't cry. And I was like, I was just, I blame it on the lack of sleep because, oh. you know, it's two days, lots of snoring, lots of like loud yeah, I noises. Don't even, I don't have an excuse for third year because we only had one day because of COVID. We only went to Katatane for a day. I don't even have an excuse. I just cried. You didn't, you didn't have to put that out there. I had your back. You exposed yourself. Hey, if you can't laugh about it, just cry about it. So, like I did. 100%. Do you have any last messages for everyone? Like, if 
people want to reach out, how can they find you? Honestly, anywhere. <laughs> Except TikTok, because I don't have a TikTok, because I waste too much of my life on social media. But um, Instagram, I'll link your Instagram um, below. Huh? I'll link your Instagram below. Yeah, it is on private, so just message me. Just if you ever want to talk to me, just message me. If you want to know about the teaching course, um, message me. If you're going to do it through Waikato or just in general, um, yeah, just hit me up. Like, I'm. I will say this now. I am the worst <laughs> at messaging back because I do that thing where I like will read it and I'll be like, oh yeah. And I'll just forget, and then a week later I'll reply. So I will always reply. It just might not be instant. So, but do like do reach out. I have Facebook as well. It's just my name, obviously. Um, same with my Instagram. It's just my name. Um, yeah, that's basically how you can reach me. Type in my name into Google. I don't know. What <laughs> Probably a lot of people, but yeah, just reach out. I'm always here. I'm supposed to be a teacher, so it's always gonna. Yeah, I'll get. You will be a teacher. I promise. <laughs> but yeah, just live life, love life, live, laugh, love. Basic white girl bitch. Live, laugh, love. I should I have hate that. I should. Have I that. hate that sign. Do you, but do you know what? It's actually so accurate. Nah. What? Hey, don't. <laughs> I don't have it anywhere. I don't use that slogan, but it just came to mind just then. And I was like, that's gross. But honestly, though. My, you should my... be driving a Suzuki Swift drinking some Starbucks right now. Hey, I excuse me. I drive a Nissan Micra. It is the equivalent. It is, it is my little bubble car. You saw it. You me. still have that thing. 100%. Do you know how expensive fuel is these days? Like, I thought that thing would have died by now. How do you? Sylvia is my love. It looked like it was on its last legs in Dunedin. Hey, well, I don't know how it made well, it back. Now, so she's doing well. <laughs> but yeah, uh, hey, don't call me out like that. No, but thank you so much for being on the show. This is this was so much fun. This is a great catch up. Thank yeah. you so much for agreeing to be here. Thank you for um, asking me. That's so nice. Nah, hundred percent. Like I said to David, you know, like I can only live one life and only experience one life's worth of experiences mm -hmm. so bringing other people on doesn't matter their age demographic where they're from but bringing yeah. other people onto the show helps me get more experience through yeah. their lived experience in their life yeah and that, and that's like the cool thing i think is like being able to see life through different lenses is so cool because you just you sometimes you just fall down this rabbit hole of like your own you know you think of your own self and not being self-absorbed that's a bad way of saying it but you're just like you either get into like oh my life is the worst or like i've got i've had so many challenges no one will ever understand what i'm going through or things like that but like like you said no one like you said to me no one there might be people listening that connect with you because you've had similar experiences and you don't know it so this yeah. is just as healthy for us as it is for the people listening and watching if you are watching <laughs> yeah so youtube spotify apple podcast google podcast we're on amazon music yeah, every good streaming system just out here just Dreaming. out here 
99 dreams, baby. We're trying to turn some of these dreams into reality. Hell yeah. But uh, Jay, we'll definitely have to get you back on the podcast sometime. Uh, I think I might try and do something special for uh, the Christmas or New Year's episode, oh, as yo. well as the 100th episode. So stay tuned, everybody. There's, there's something in the works, but we'll definitely get Jay back on here eventually. Oh, in the no. Future. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'm still not sitting on my bed with a bowl behind me and my dog. <laughs> Hopefully, Hopefully by then she's a teacher too. You should see my setup. I'm like, I'm not even going to show. I'm super embarrassed about how <laughs> I'm sitting right now. I mean, it can't be worse than my backdrop. I haven't even changed it yet. And every time oh, I say I will. I'm not talking about my backdrop. It's like a Tupperware box sitting on a <laughs> countdown basket, sitting on another cardboard box, and then my laptop. <laughs> it's quite sad. I don't have a desk. This is how I've just been living in hardship this whole year. No, I haven't. Once you get money, you got to start from the bottom to get to the top. Oh, yeah. Recommend, though, get a desk. <laughs> yeah, easier. I 100% recommend. i got an L-shaped desk. So i got Ooh, stuff here, the and then i got more stuff here. Love the corner desk. That's a vibe. It, it's a vibe. But, everybody, thank you so much for listening. We've had Jade on the show. I've been Rauri, and you've been listening to the 99 Dreams podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody. Stay safe, and bodhi ora. Bye.